so um, there's a little bit of problem with your cookie. We don't have any chocolate chip. We only have raisins. Oh, well, in that case, then, no chocolate cookie. And I will take the original brownie that I had to have at the start. Fine, then. I think you're misunderstanding. I don't mean we have raisin cookies. I mean we only have raisins. Oh, <laughs> absolutely have... not. Yeah, I went to the back and we just have loose raisins sort of everywhere. It's, wow. it's quite bizarre, honestly. You should see the stuff that happens back there. You know, it's almost like someone is making things up on the spot and that's what happens in the kitchen like every week. It's honestly quite bizarre. So your cookie is going to take a while. Uh, okay, then. Welcome to Cafe Sophie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Cafe's so late, actually, but who knows? <laughs> Um, in the meantime, would you like to try our special daily blend? Oh, that sounds cool, yes. Let's do it. So our daily blend for today is a nice cup of why is activism and political protests important? Do you want to just like, take a wee sip of that there? Tell me what your initial oh. notes are and your thoughts about that. Oh, sip for you, yes please. Um, oh, big question. I think that political activism and activism generally is really important because um, times are tough right now. I think we live in a really difficult political climate. What we see on the news every night, what we hear on social media and see on social media, um, a lot of the times isn't positive. So I think that a lot of the times we can feel quite hopeless in the sense of we don't know what to do or how to make a change or how to contribute positively. But I think we all can in our own ways, whether that is a small gesture or whether that is a large gesture, such as organizing like a protest, for example. Um, but either way, we all have our own voices and we all, sh uh, we are fortunate enough that we live in a country that we can use them and our voices are there to be used. We are most powerful when we're speaking up and speaking out and using our voices for positive change. I would say that especially this year with Black Lives Matter and things, a lot of people were involved in activism that they maybe w weren't before, such as fundraising or such as sharing petitions, signing petitions. That's activism. That's not just something that you do on a monthly basis or something that crops up every now and again. That's a constant commitment. Um, and I think it's important that we do sort of commit to helping those who are marginalized in society and who are much less fortunate than we are. We all have different intersections and some of those intersections may be marginalised but some of them may be privileged. So if you have a little bit of privilege then I would say use it for good and activism is one of the best ways to do that. Mm. We do have like a little shot machine that uh, squirts out liquid privilege. Would you like that in your drink? I think I've got enough privilege. I've got enough. I'm okay. <laughs> so you mentioned at the start there that there are small gestures and larger gestures um, mm -hmm. of activism that we can do. You list a couple of the large ones. I was curious, what are some of the smaller gestures of activism people can participate in? Yeah, of course. So small gestures of activism can be signing a petition that takes a few seconds. If like, you can do that in 30 seconds, you can donate money. And um, whether that's a couple pounds, 10 pounds, 100 pounds um, to, for instance, if you have a trans friend or colleague or someone that you know who has a GoFundMe page for maybe their transition or they're raising funds for something else, donating a small amount of money is a small gesture, but goes a long way. And um, there's lots of things you can do. Writing to your MP 
if there is something that is happening in your local community or local area that you disagree with and you think this needs to be done better, writing a quick email to your MP is a, a small gesture, but um, MPs are there to represent us and, and fight our corner, so that's their job. <laughs> and yeah, small conversations with family members or friends. If if they say something that you think, oh, that's um, that's not quite right, or for instance, if they say something that is slightly racist, then just having a small conversation and saying, actually, that language um, isn't the most appropriate. It's X, Y, and Z. And then hopefully that person says, oh, yeah, right, got you, and moves on. And then the next time they won't do that again. That's the ideal situation. But small gestures like um, conversations can can educate and can go a long way. I see. So how would one approach having that conversation with, to use your example, a family member at the dinner table saying something? Um, I think the best way to do that is to sort of interject straight away and, and don't make a big deal out of it. Just and not be condescending because that can come across as argumentative. But if you just say, oh, sorry, Nana, it's actually X, Y, Z for X, Y, Z reasons. And then just interject, move over it quickly. Like you find like these conversations, um, the small, the successful interjections are seconds long. They're, they're quite small. They're just, oh, no, yes, corrected, move on. That's it. It's the same with if somebody um, misgenders someone uh, and interjecting to correct their pronouns or... Um, the pronouns that they're using that are not right and saying actually this person's pronouns are he or he and him or she and her it's just a small conversation and not being too argumentative or too sort of condescending when you're doing it Mm, okay so how do you find that balance between informing someone without being condescending when you're trying to have these conversations with people um i think it's I think a lot of the time it can come across in your expression, your sort of like body language and sort of your tone. I think if you're like, "Mm, actually, that's X, Y and Z and you're sort of frowning at them, then that's going to, that could make that person sort of react and argue back. But if you say, oh, and you smile and you approach the subject like, oh, it's actually X, Y and Z with a much more open sort of face being much more positive about it then it's likely to lead to a better conversation and not an argument um because i think if you sort of put put yourself as you're against that person you're talking down to them they might not want to listen to you and the reason you're interjecting is because you want them to sort of change their language so i think it's more persuasive to approach it from a positive vibe if that's not too cringy (laughs) No, I'm, I, that makes sense to me. So, like, when we're having these conversations with people, the things to remember are to be positive and to be persuasive rather than telling someone, oh, you are wrong and this is correct. Is this kind of what you're saying? If I were to sum it up in a very unnuanced, uneducated... <laughs> you're educated loads, Sophie. Don't put yourself down. But, yeah, no, I think so. I think so. I think the thing with um, correcting, for instance, pronouns isn't persuasive. That is just the fact that this person is using their pronouns. You shouldn't have to persuade someone to use someone's correct pronouns. But um, I think if you do talk down to someone, um, that there, there, there is the chance that they want to clap back at you. But if you approach it in a nice, friendly manner, then yeah, you're. I think you're more likely to say, that person's more likely to say, "Oh yeah, you're right," or "Yep." correct on the same page you're not pitched against them but you're just speaking with them i think Mm -hmm. is better 
Yeah, so you're not pitching against them, you're putting them on the same page as everyone else. Yes, absolutely. Makes sense to me. So there's some of the smaller gestures of activism. Um, I'm curious, what are some of the larger um, gestures of activism that you yourself have participated in? Oh, well, a larger gesture of activism could be, per se, organizing like a protest, for example, a mass protest, or it could be working with an organization or a political party to sort of enact change or be a sort of staple part of that change or be involved in the process. Some of the things that I've been involved in were um, looking back at Amsterdam and the 2019 Amsterdam Canal Parade, I worked with the higher education institutions of the Netherlands to sort of, um, we had several meetings before about how the, the education institutions could participate wholeheartedly in the Pride Parade. Um, and I submitted my like advice and was consulted and eventually I was part of the canal parade as well mixing drag and law which are two sort of two facets of my life that I was able to combine for the first time in the canal parade and like draw or lag if we were to abbreviate yes <laughs> I'm good at neither <laughs> um so yeah uh, the Amsterdam canal parade is probably the one that sticks out in my mind I took part in the demonstration which was um in Amsterdam in 2000 19 yes and it was loads of boats on the canals going through uh representing different things i was on the education boat i had a huge sign that said queer rights are human rights and i was in drag representing the law faculty so that is something being part of a larger demonstration or sort of contributing with organizations and other um other parties to to enact change something on a higher level so you working in that um position as a representation of the law department of a university what does what does that show what effect does that have on people who observe you in this protest um so do you think that as people who are looking on or people who see me representing and drag as quite a statement well i guess i guess the core of my question is what effect does does did I'm unsure of tenses right now. Um, we have utensils, <laughs> but not a lot of tenses. Um, but what effect does it have? You taking part in these protests, what effect do you feel that this they have, This these actions have? Oh, okay, so you mean the larger gestures of activism, what do they have? Mm -hmm. um, what do I they do, you know? I think the, I think, well, I have seen some larger political gestures and stuff in the past that have inspired me. And I think that um, if you do take part in a larger um, political gesture, it's good to be open about that, to be visible, because that can inspire other people. And um, that can lead to conversations of, oh, I knew this person who did X, Y, and Z, that was really cool. I would like to do something like that. Or it, I think being visible with these sort of things can inspire other people. And that is the whole point of activism, I guess. It's to, to inspire others, to empower others, um, and to try and make positive change. I kind of want to like steer the topic just a little bit, if you don't mind, if I just grab the steering wheel from you for a second. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of controversy when it comes to activism, especially in the LGBT plus community. As we know, Pride started as 
a political protest. And it's sort of been not necessarily taken over, but there's certainly a lot of companies that don't really mention or talk about how they support the LGBT community throughout the year, and suddenly every logo is a rainbow. How do you feel about that, the sort of consumer activism? Um, I hate it. I feel cheated. On Well, actually, I have two views. On one hand, I feel cheated. I feel like your organization is pale, male and stale and you're going to stick a rainbow on your website at Pride. I don't think. But, right, I'm just um, going to take down this rainbow version of our logo <laughs> real quick. Here yeah, I noticed that on the cafe window, Sophie. Do better, honey. <laughs> I don't um, own the shop. It's my boss. They told me to. I'm a minimum course. wage worker. You're a slave to capitalism. Um, but I think... What happened oh, about not talking down to people? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you just do that there? You've learned nothing, Sophie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think I feel a little bit cheated on one hand because I think if you really want to support the LGBTQ plus community, you will be doing that all year round and you will be a vocal ally as a large corporation or company. Um and I think your diversity and inclusion policies, which are drawn up at the heads of the company, should also reflect the employees and the LGBTQ plus community more broadly, such as gender neutral toilets, um, pronouns on office communication and things like that. That's small gestures, which um, support the LGBTQ plus community. But just having the rainbow and saying, um, selling some maybe like rainbow merch or some, some pride flags or whatever it is, uh, during Pride time isn't enough. And I think um, the LGBTQ plus community, I think we're quite aware of this. Like, it's not something that we sort of like sit down to. We can see when this is happening because we know we live queer lives every day. So we can see what actually benefits us and what doesn't. And I think a lot of us are quite vocal about saying, oh yeah, that's just sort of, um, they're just trying to get the pink pound and trying to like say that they support Pride when they actually don't. That's one way I feel about it. The other way that I do feel about it, which is also very legitimate for people that feel this way, is um, I'm happy because I would much rather live in a country that might be making, that might be doing it for some money, but also I'm maybe not scared that I'm going to be put to death or it's not illegal for me to take part in a pride protest or a pride march. If you look at the situation in Poland, then it's completely different to here. And if I had to choose between living in fear, maybe as a Polish um, LGBTQ plus person, walking down the street um, in Pride season, or indeed here where some businesses have a rainbow flag up, I would rather choose here. And that comes down to comfort and uh, security and safety, which is are really important for LGBTQ plus people. Um, so yeah, there are two views. I do feel cheated, but again, are fortunate to live in a country that wants to put pride flags up okay so is there a is there something that these companies and organizations can do that is a little bit better than just changing one thing to the rainbow version of itself to show that they support the lgbt community Yes, absolutely. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said rather than change an existing product and add a rainbow, involve your LGBTQ plus employees or reach out to LGBTQ plus organizations and have a collaboration that is new and fresh 
and something that is unique to the LGBTQ plus community. Because I think with when you do that, it gives people from the LGBTQ plus community a chance to amplify their voices rather than a company or a bank speaking over queer people and saying, no, this is a product with the rainbow, actively involving them in the conversation and having them sort of uh, decide what they're, they're going to do almost or work on something together that involves queer people for queer people as opposed to yeah i don't know sticking a rainbow on your fizzy drink or something i see so instead of sticking a rainbow on things they should hire drag queens and drag kings well, I think we're going to need a lot of that in 2021 to make up for this year. So, yes, hire your queens, hire your kings, hire us all, and we will promote your stuff for you. There's this big thing, obviously, right now on Instagram with hashtag ad. So if anyone wants to send me anything to add, Cafe Sophie, I drink a lot of coffee. So if you want to send me some rainbow coffee, we can add that out on Instagram. We can do it. Wonderful. You know what? As I said before, I'm a minimum wage worker. And I don't own the cafe shop, but I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> you will keep me on record. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> I'll be waiting by the phone with bated breath. Hello, valued customer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cafe Sophie. Now, our special guest this week, Laddie Ramble, a.k.a. Lady Rampant, if you're nasty. I'm a nasty person, so I'll be referring to her as Lady Rampant, is doing a show on the 14th of February. That is Valentine's Day. So this show is between 7 and 9 o'clock, um, and it's a collaboration with another cafe, Kyoto. Now, Kyoto is a sober queer cafe based in Glasgow. This event is going to be held over Zoom and tickets will be available from Kyoto very soon. I believe they may actually be already up. I'm going to have to double check that and then not edit this in post. It is a pay what you can but the recommended amount is between three and five pounds. And if you want me to put that into coffee prices at the cafe, that's between mm, 10 to 14 raisins. Raisins are actually a great form of currency and I believe we should abolish the pound. Anyway, the idea of this event is that it's speed mating. What love means to you, whether that's self-love, romantic love, community love, maybe even a love of coffee. I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. Lady Rampant will be performing and there will also be a Q&A, a DJ set and all sorts of exciting things. Now, I know we're a cafe, but it's important to support other real-life cafes in the meantime. So Q2 is a wonderful cafe. Go check them out on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and if you'd like more details of the event, look them up on their Facebook page, their Instagram page, or look up Lady Rampant on Instagram to find out more information about this event. I hope you have been enjoying the podcast so far. 
and I really hope you check out the amazing work that Q2 are doing.